Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Redux Cephala Podcast, the only show that celebrates all things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriard Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. Oh, pro tip, you don't actually have to die for it. You can actually get, get the coffee drinking. It's, it's perfectly great. Right, the dying is just alive. optional. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Option. It's an option. Yeah. It's an option. I hope no one checks, but it, it is an option. So disclaimer. Right. Cake or death. Anyway, it, it, cake please. Fine. I didn't think to be such a rush. Anyway, <laughs> I am your host at the post, Boss Rush Mode, and with me, as always, are my suction cup riddled sergeants, Parasite Steve. The day I let that poisonous snake make anybody a slave will be the day the sun turns purple and the Statue of Liberty drops her torch. That's what I thought. Uh, Nintendo. Well, that's just a bunch of red cabbage and you know it. I, I actually didn't know that. I'm glad you notified me of that. Yeah, well, uh, someone had to tell you. <laughs> good, 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 good deal. Uh, Abed Alchemy. He was 98 pounds of solid nerd until he became the first superhero from New Jersey? <laughs> uh, <okay>. Question mark? <laughs> and he's about, about a buck 12 now. He gained a few pounds. <laughs> yeah. He, he upped the weight class. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, today our episode is going to be about R-rated movies from the 80s that were some reason turned into kids' cartoons. <laughs> Which is odd. <laughs> This is very I mean, odd. You know, two great tastes that taste together. Taste they yeah, taste they, together. They, they, they don't they taste together. great they, together. They, they, they just taste. taste. <laughs> now, um, this is a subject that kind of came up in the uh, the Facebook boards, you know, a couple weeks back, and it has been like a an idea that we've been milling around for quite some time. We just never really kind of yeah, you know, jumped into it. But now we're gonna take the plunge, and uh, that'd be a neat topic. To t- topic to talk about and none of us are like super familiar with like any of these shows so we just kind of have to like go in cold with a lot of this stuff yeah, yeah. so w- this is definitely not going to be a very educational episode we're not going to yeah. be throwing out too many like hey did you know that i mean there'll be some of that sure but yeah, i mean we're just going yeah. this you know cold and uh it's oh, more just fun to acknowledge like this weird phenomenon that existed yeah. of doing yeah, it because yeah. really right. today like our, would never happen it's really. like our reaction you know to these things Everybody yeah. loves reaction <laughs> videos now, right? Well, this is a reaction podcast for a bunch of old friggin' cartoons that we never got a chance to see. You can listen to our facial expressions. Yeah. yeah. Can, you, can you hear me smiling? <laughs> Question mark? What does my face sound like right now? Uh, don't look, uh, meh. Don't, <laughs> don't look at me in that tone of voice. Anywho, I will start this shindig off with a little cartoon called Rambo, The Force of Freedom. It only had one season, but it did have 65 episodes. So it had, you know, a good amount of content. My goodness. Think, uh, near the end of it, it ended up being like a daily show. <laughs> near the end of its run, it, it, ran, it only ran in 1986. So it only had, like, like I said, the one season. And uh, I remember having watched this as a kid, but I don't remember anything of it. And I tried to watch some episodes, but I couldn't seem to find any on YouTube or even any, like on any streaming services. So I would have like, you know, rented like two or three episodes, uh, like a couple bucks a piece, just to, you know, get my, you know, feet wet into it. Right. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't find any way to watch you know, like any full episodes, but, um, you know, during the course of the day, you know, Parasite Steve provided a link of a, 
a whole bunch of like goofy moments compiled in like a single video. And yes. that was pretty hilarious. That, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously all the, all the quotes and stuff are like taken out of context for maximum, like, you know, toilet humor <laughs> kind of thing. But, <laughs> but they were pretty awkward to begin with. True. True. <laughs> I mean that, that uh, quote parasite Steve threw out there was, was from that. So. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was just as ridiculous as that sounded. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, uh, the production values on the show seem like not super good uh, some right, of the shows yeah. that we are going to mention I think uh, at, at the very least looked okay um, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this show looked a little subpar I would say right. like it looked a little worse than G.I. Joe like yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah I would agree um, with that a little less than G.I. Joe at it's not best because sometimes G.I. <clears throat> right. Joe looked okay but yeah. Um, yeah. I just like the uh, the subtitle Rambo The Force of Freedom. Like right. I think Force of Freedom would sound better. Don't you like why the the? Right. Rambo the Force, Force of Freedom. Of freedom? Uh, I hate I it. Right. It should be <laughs> Rambo Force of Freedom or Freedom Force or right. We po- Punch Poisonous Snakes in the Mouth. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, Rambo. Yeah. I know the guy did not at all in any way, shape, or form try to imitate Sylvester Stallone, who, let's be real, is a pretty imitatable guy. Right. It's not yeah, like, he's like, nope, low-hanging fruit, not going for it. Not yeah, doing he, it. Like, not even at all. <laughs> and it, it's extra weird to me because, like, there are cases of shows ba- made for movies like the best, the best example that pops into my head is always the real Ghostbusters, where they looked and sounded nothing like the actors, but that was because they did not have likeness rights. But this clearly yeah. is drawn to look like right. Sylvester Stallone. Right. Yeah. Even the yeah. intro is like has like some certain like shot for shot sequences yeah. that were taken like nearly from the movie are very 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 similar. Yes. Yes. Like uh, you know, we we brought this uh, YouTube channel up, Toy Galaxy. They've done a, like a like a retrospective on this show, and they they yep. mentioned that. So that's always a. If you want education, go to go to that channel. What if somebody right. who knows something? Yeah, yeah. Those were uh, those were really big toys too. They were like uh, they were like the old yeah. GI Joes almost. Yes, yes, the right. Big rubber heads and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You're not they, dolls, they a, mom. Yeah, they're my figurines. <laughs> they're action figures, <laughs> statues. They're my mans. <laughs> They're just my man's mom. They're my muscular mannequins. <laughs> just playing with my mans. Just let me my show man. you my mans. They were, it was my mans man. before Pokemans. Yeah, they, got, yeah. they had to get a Poke eventually. <laughs> let, me my oppo- my my, let me show you my opposable mans. <laughs> <laughs> opposable mans really oh sounds God. like a podcast. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, one thing of that one another, one thing that this show had was a really good voice uh, lineup. Like the cast mm. was, um, it has uh, James Avery as Edward Turbo Hayes, like the um, the brilliant like tech you know sidekick guy, or may not have been a sidekick, but it was like you know part of the Rambo team. And Frank Welker did a couple of voices. Uh, I'm gonna quickly read off. Well, that's only because here. it was a cartoon, right? That's his category. Yeah. <laughs> He's in every uh, freaking one. But uh, Neil Ross was John Rambo. Uh, Michael and Sarah was uh, General Warhawk. James Avery, as I mentioned, was Edward Turbo Hayes and another character called X-Ray. Uh, Peter Cohen was Sergeant Havoc and a character called Razor. Oh, so, nice. yeah. 
George Desenzo was T.D. Jackson. Edmund Gilbert was Nomad and Dr. Hyde. Robert Ito was Black Dragon and White Dragon. Mona Marshall was Catherine Cat Taylor, the uh, Master of Disguise and Martial Arts, I guess, was her other thing. And uh, on the, the, the Force of Freedom. Uh, Alan Oppenheimer as Colonel Samuel Trotman. And uh, see, Lenny Weinrib as Gripper, Jerkface, and Max. <laughs> Such a jerkface. Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. To the max. Yeah. So, yeah, so Michael, a pretty decent uh, cast of voices there. Yeah, for sure. Michael Ansara was uh, quite the character actor. He was in uh, Star Trek as like one of the original Klingons. Uh, he uh. often played like ethnic roles and uh, like, I don't know, he was, he was often like Native American types and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't actually think he was, but uh, he was just one of those people who's just a uh, non-white bread dude who could just play anything. Basically like Ben Kingsley. Uh, and he was married to uh, Barbara Eden from oh, I Dream okay. of Genie. Oh, okay. I Dream of Genie, yeah. Pretty cool. Hey. <laughs> Nose wiggler. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, that's pretty much all I really had to say about that particular show. I mean, I like I said, I couldn't watch any of the episodes. I wish I could have because, like I said, yeah. I do. That's probably like yeah. one of the only shows that we're going to mention today that I actually remember seeing at the time. But I couldn't actually rewatch any of them. I mean, they have DVDs out for it. I just, oh, they I do. Just happen to have any? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's just like I. Go ahead. <laughs> it is. It is. It is physically attainable. I just couldn't watch any like on the internet. Right, not in like short time. time. Yeah, right. So okay. unfortunately, I could not fulfill that need. I couldn't fill that hole with did, Rambo. It did meat. have a good intro. I like the intro a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very well animated, especially the parts where they, like you said, it was like shot for shot. I mean, they probably like mm-hmm. literally rotoscoped the footage of him like tying his boot and right, you know, right, tying the, the head, tying the, the, the headband and all that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, very cool though. Totally. I mean, like, yeah. honestly, this was, I think, the first show we talked about when this idea came up. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like Rambo, and like, and then kind of right. there was others, but Rambo yeah. just seems so extra ridiculous that they would say, let's make a kid's cartoon of this. Right. right. Yeah. It's like, like he's, he's a grown ass, you know, murdering man. Like, he, that's, that's <laughs> well, not right. he's so dark. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. But, right. Obviously. Yeah, obviously they thought, okay, we can tone them down a bit. I mean, GI Joe is a pretty popular thing. That's all about right. war. So let's, true. yeah, that's true. Let's uh, <laughs> let's, let's uh, kind of you know you know give this a shot. Yeah, let's I guess, this I, guess down. It, I guess it had pretty good ratings at first, but then like yeah. they were getting so much flack for its you know perceived violence. Even though I guess it was like all the violence was just like you know it's cartoon violence. It's like no one gets killed. I mean, no one gets shot. I mean, they get they get shot at, but every shot misses. Right. And there's like mm-hmm. stuff explodes, but you know, right. right? Not to the, not to anyone dying. It's just like right. there like, are no one even really get, yeah, no right. one even really gets hurt. You know, right. never like mind a, killed, a building so. will explode or something like that. But but, right. but the property had that reputation. No, like the, the movie is so you know violent and you know, it's, <laughs> it's like yeah. And, and the book it's based on is like depressing as fuck. So it's like okay, it's got like a perceived like you know, you know, kind of thing about it that yeah. You know, and it got too much flack yeah. in the yeah, in the uh, networks to set. Yeah, and the, the networks just decided to bury the last half of it. And it's like, okay, we'll put you on at four a.m. or something, <laughs> and oh, then God. like write out the rest, write out the contract, and then that was it. I mean, they, they still sold a buttload of toys, though. Mm. That was good for them, anyway. Yeah, yeah. it's actually funny to uh, to learn. I didn't know that. I did see the Toy Galaxy episode today. Um, yeah, but. 
I didn't realize that the only Rambo toys were from this cartoon. Yeah, no kidding, right? Hmm. Yeah, because you think about it, like you said, the original movie yeah. wasn't a kid's property. So like right. for, yeah. for Rambo action figures to exist, like this cartoon was the catalyst, which is yeah. really crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was like, they were video games, so I mean, they could have, you know. Right, they had the Nintendo game. I mean, I, don't, I wonder yeah, if, the- I was thinking about that. Did that come before or after the cartoon? Uh, oh, before I think. I think it's probably before. before. <clears throat> that would make they sense. They also had like definitely... a, a game for the Mega Drive as well. Oh, really? Yep. I didn't know that. I mean, Is I've it... never played it, but I, I know it exists. I mean, that would be a, a great like a car Akari Warriors type clone. Like that would be a great problem yeah. to make a clone of. I'm saying it's all bad, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, clone yeah. Akari Warriors so, and call it Rambo blow shit up. So what what year did the cartoon come out? Ram blow it up. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what what year was the Rambo cartoon? Uh 86. Okay, so the the NES game was after that. It was like a year later. Okay. okay. But it wasn't I don't think it was related. I think it was No, no, it wasn't related at all. No, no, it, was it wasn't related. Yeah. Right, yeah. It was more loosely based on the movie. It was like, hey, you know, dads play NES 2. Let's make a Rambo game. Right. <laughs> right. There's shooty, shooty in video games. Shooty, shooty, pew, pew. Right. There's Commando and Akari Warriors, like Parasite Steve said. So. Yeah. Shooty, it shooty, pretty much just bang. look like Rambo anyway. It's like Rambo player one, yeah. Rambo player two. Oh, I know. Like, yeah, yeah, with Akari Warriors, especially, you know, there's a guy, you know, no shirt, red headband. Second player has a blue headband, but. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, it's clearly inspired by Rambo anyway. Right. Yep. Yep. Ah, uh, all yeah, right. So, does anyone else have anything to add for the Rambo portion? No. Nope. I'm good. I think that'll Rambo it. Mm-hmm. All right. Put a, Tie put it up with a Rambo. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's better. Tie it up with a Rambo. Yeah, we did. Well, it. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna untie this Robo Cop section. Ooh. Oh. Oh. I will talk Snap. about that. That said, show. Also had just one season, but only 12 episodes in 1988. Now, I was able to watch a couple episodes of this, and I, I actually didn't think this was too bad. I mean, yeah, like the animation and the, the drawings themselves were mm, not great, but <laughs> yeah. not the worst. Right. I mean, it, it's like it's very typical for American cartoons to be yes. meh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> compared, to, compared to like Japanese cartoons, it's like yeah well i mean that's that's just your personal preference i guess i don't know like maybe yeah i mean i don't know i do think it looked pretty typical for the day but a little bit better than rambo i thought yes yeah i thought the drawings were a little bit better the production looked a little bit better um i don't know i also totally remember this show being on i really don't think i ever saw it and i watched one episode for this show and I, i gotta say i enjoyed it yeah like I said, yeah. I, I watched two episodes, and I, I, I thought they were both fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't especially cringy. Uh, the action was fine. Um, not yeah. like there was a ton of it, but um, it was basically... The, the episode I saw was... Um, I can't remember the name of it. I didn't write it down, but like the, uh, it was basically the plot was that there was somebody else who wanted to make a bigger, better RoboCop, and so what mm-hmm. he did was he... It was actually supposedly the character that made the Ed 209, and he actually mentioned the Ed 209. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that character ever made it into the cartoon or not. I have no idea, but um, he was at least mentioned in this one episode. And, um, and then the guy's like, all right, well, I know what I'll do. And so what he did was he made like a mech. 
So it's okay. a perfectly healthy dude goes into it and like controls. It's like an exo squad sized mech, right. not like too huge, but like bigger than RoboCop. And okay, uh, yep. and then it became like the the story of uh, Paul Bunyan, basically, where they were trying to uh, prove which one was better. So yeah. the company would make would go with that product, basically. Yeah, okay. Whatever, whatever's more profitable. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, yeah. um, it was, you know, just a battle. So there was a lot of fighting, but it was just, it was silly. But yeah. I, mean, I did, I did like it. I mean, and I liked the yeah. the drawings. Honestly, I I thought they were pretty good, and mm-hmm. I thought the yeah. guy who did the the voice of uh, RoboCop was was good. He wasn't especially. Oh yeah, the voice. Movie. Yeah, the voice work was pretty good. I, uh, I had no problems you know, with the voice work. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I would I would watch more of the show to check it out. There's yeah. obviously yeah. not too many episodes anyway. True. Yeah, there's right, only twelve right. in this original run. Right. Right. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's it's a our movie, so it was toned down. But I mean, it wasn't like toned down so bad i mean it was still you know yeah I mean, people people you know, were getting shot at still but they yeah. weren't getting shot yeah, with bullets yeah, were, <laughs> right he was using like lasers and the lasers right. had like stung, stung lasers like if, if, it, if it hit a person it would just like knock the gun out of his hand or just knock him down but if it yeah. hit like an hit like an object it would make it blow up because that's what the plot demands so right right, right. These, these bullets didn't really have any like a yeah exactly just whatever it hit it's like okay what's the plot needed me to do blow this up okay boom Right. So. I thought it was uh, a funny, like, little decision uh, stylistically. They were like, well, you know, we can never see <clears throat> expression in Robocop's eyes, obviously. So um, what they did was, like, to show wherever he was supposedly looking, there was, like, a little red, like, shine over yeah. his eyes yeah. in the one yeah, spot. Right. And you sort of got it that it was indicating yeah. where he was looking, even though it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah, it's just right. like what they did. So at all times yeah. he has like a little square of red. Like, yeah, there's like, like a little cyclops eye, like a little like, sliver yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And a little sliver in the visor. Funny, like, do we need this? Oh, right, whatever. Let's just do it. It's fine. I mean, his face is pointing in that general direction. I kind of get it. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, they never yeah. had to do it with like you know cyclops and the X Men or whatever. He's just he just looks at whoever. Right. But, yeah. You know, they're like, well, we just want to, we want to make yeah, sure. No, no, I mean, this was never a problem with Cobra Commander. <laughs> yeah, right. Who has Where the fuck is that guy looking? <laughs> How can he breathe? All day. Which see, he's wearing a mask. He, see, he's, he's wearing a mask and he's perfectly fine. Yeah, mask appreciation, <laughs> Cobra Commander, bitch. And yeah, he had right. two. So what's he's a Cobra Commander. Yeah, I was going to say he's the Cobra Commander. So, um, yeah. which which Cobra Commander uh, sidebar? Which Cobra Commander mask came first? Was it the the one that was solid or the like the big the steel one? shield? Was the fencing mask or the one that was cloth? I remember I the metal one, but I don't I don't know for sure. I feel yeah, like it was the metal one. I feel <laughs> that way too, but I could be wrong. Yeah, because that Detroit, one, my God, he has only hope. no no facial. You're our control. only hope. Yeah. <laughs> at least with that cloth when you can see his eyes yeah so i guess yeah yeah uh and yeah that is a that's yeah. weird <laughs> <laughs> no he really is the best possible character you guys could have brought up that's really funny <laughs> uh, you can't yeah. see that i can see you yes <laughs> I see something black because I'm only looking at get the inside of this mask, this helmet. <laughs> I can't actually see. I spy with my little eye something you might also see, but I won't tell you what it is. <laughs> it's, it's a fencing tournament. I want to go to there. I'd love a good <laughs> fencing tournament. 
Of course, that's not how Cobra Commander would say it. He would say it like Starscream. Right. Yeah. Megatron! I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was pretty good. Pretty spot on. Uh, uh, so uh, we have anything else going on for this original run of RoboCop shows? No, I think uh, it's a really, I think it was a good transition from a R-rated movie to a kid show. Yeah, I mean, this, I yeah. I saw. and honestly, I didn't remember that RoboCop was R-rated. Like, I I know there's there's plenty of scenes in it, but it, it just sort of strikes me as one of those you know f- kind of family action movies of oh, the day. But it's really like, fun. no, it's it's totally yeah. an R-rated movie. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it it made more sense than some of the other ones. I think in my head, I was like, okay, yeah. yeah. I could see RoboCop getting a cartoon right, because you you th- you look at the character of RoboCop and you instantly say that is a character kids should like. That right? Yeah. That's a figure. Sh- that's yeah, you there know, should whatever. be toys of that. You see Rambo and it's like, um, I guess like yeah, but like not as much as RoboCop. Right. RoboCop like you need figures and especially and, in like the middle and late eighties where it's like you know robots were pretty huge and all that yeah, stuff. Totally. And who didn't want a, a, a figure of Ed 209? I mean, fuck. Yeah, I I always, all right. That thing is awesome. Yeah, yeah for I, sure. I, I fucking love the Ed 209 robot. Like, yeah. he was my favorite part of that whole movie. And the, the scene where he blows away the guy and he's like, you know, you have nine seconds to comply. Like, that is right. like, that you is such a dark scene. to comply. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Like, it's like you yeah. see it. You see it coming, you're like, oh my god, oh my god, he's he's really just gonna shoot this guy because there's an accident? Like there's a there's a screw up in the programming, like, oh my god, and he blows him away. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. They put yep. live ammo in that thing. I know what the hell are you doing? <laughs> this is a boardroom, you asshole. And not, <laughs> not to mention that, clearly, Ed 209 cannot walk up and down stairs. How the fuck did they get him up there into the boardroom? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Must have had a big elevator or something, I don't know. I guess so. Plot Maybe he can fly. Right? Maybe he can fly. Who knows? Um, so if, fly. If, <laughs> if you guys are done talking about RoboCop, the first cartoon, I actually have RoboCop, the second cartoon. The oh, 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 oh my God. Well, thank you uh, for your cooperation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had nine seconds to comply, so I had to scramble. But, um, All right. <clears throat> so there is a there's a show uh much later on so what what year was that first one boss rush 19 1988 so this is 1998 hey, oh, wow. hey, hey. which is way after like robocop was a viable property i felt yeah this this yeah, show no came out because <clears throat> there were three movies and then there was also robocop the series which was a live action series uh i never saw it but um maybe we could do another show about like you know, movies that got TV shows that were live action, perhaps. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Because <clears throat> I definitely remember that happening, and I would love to talk about Swamp Thing. Um, but, like, I, don't, I didn't see it at all. But, yeah, so, I mean, this show came out in 1998. I, I really felt like it was so out of nowhere. It um, ran for only one season, but it was one of those weird things where they pumped out the episodes. There are 40 episodes to the show. Wow, holy crap. For one season. Obviously, now we've that's, talked about yeah, that's good. a number of shows that have done similar, but like, it always amazes me. That's, and yeah. that was not in that day. It seemingly right. was like the, the late 80s when that was happening, if it happened at all. Right. And out of nowhere, this obviously we've talked about Gargoyles in season two, had 50-something episodes. That's always the one I go to. But like, yeah, so pretty decent. Um, 
series is a sequel to all the movies and all that stuff. It wasn't a reboot. It wasn't a, uh, a new number one. It was definitely a sequel show. It was supposed to take place five years after <clears throat> the old timeline or something is, is what they said. I don't know what the actual year was of the old original movie or anything, but this is supposedly set in, it's pretty funny. They changed the date in the pilot, like three, it's a, it starts with a three part episode. And okay. uh, <clears throat> the year was 2020. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. In the distant too. future, 1992. Right. <laughs> <laughs> In the distant future, the year 2000. Um, but yeah, so uh, barring any binary solos, uh, I'll continue. And so uh, after after the pilot, um, they actually switched it to 2030. I don't know if there was like a problem where they're like, oh shit, that's the same. That's thing. not far enough. <laughs> I know, that's not <laughs> far enough. So, but it supposedly takes place in New Detroit. And uh, and uh, what happens is uh, they, there's uh, this like evil organization and uh, they're called Dark with a C. And uh, okay. it stands for the Directorate. I just love that. Directorate. Very Directorate. <laughs> for Anarchy, Revenge, and Chaos. Oh, there's a, well, yeah. There's a Directorate for that. Okay. Um, so they're, uh, they're, they're battling the forces of Dark. And uh, the police force of uh, New Detroit came up with this new initiative. And um, it's, called the, uh, it's called Division Alpha. And the name of the show is actually... Robocop colon Alpha Commando. And huh, okay. um, so the main character is this lady, and her name's Agent Nancy Minor. And everybody just calls her Agent Minor. And let's be real, she really should have just joined the damn military and shot for the rank of major. I mean, come on. Uh, major major Minor. <laughs> I mean, come on, like, really. But anyway, so she's in the, uh, the New Detroit Police uh, de- de- Detective Agency. I don't know. Uh, and so she, um, she gets a brand new partner, and it's wacky. It's RoboCop, mm-hmm. but RoboCop has been put on ice for, they said five years, but I feel like it's probably was supposed to be more than that. And that's why they yeah. changed the date. But, um, yeah. but he, he sort of wakes up and I, so I only watched, uh, it's another show I didn't watch back in the day. I do remember it existing. Um, and uh, I watched the first part of the three part episode. And I will say, I, I actually want to see the rest. Like at least of the okay. three parter. Yeah, um, I, I saw the the first two. Yeah, yeah. I, I I liked it. I liked it yeah. more than I thought I was gonna. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, honestly, like it was very punny, and they had a lot of like mm. bad Mister Freeze moments with him. But you know yes. what? So did the fucking movies. <laughs> yeah, so it fits. Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying they are of the caliber that the, the lines in the movies are, but that is RoboCop's shtick. He's super serious and seemingly humorless, and he has these rad zingers. I don't know, like, <laughs> it's, it's, and they're mostly puns. Like, you know, he would say all the bad Mr. Freeze lines. He probably would say those. Like, mm-hmm. you know, cool, keep it on ice. I don't know. But like, yeah, just so like, chill. Chill, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He would totally do that. If he like froze a guy with a bun, if he like exploded some coolant tank and exploded on a guy, he would totally friggin' whip out an Arnold Schwarzenegger Mr. Freeze pun. He totally would. Like, and I'm saying the movie version. But um, but anyway, so I mean, yeah, it, I mean, the whole season, I mean, the whole show is actually on YouTube. You can easily okay. watch it. Um, the quality was good, even like of the, yeah. the, the print that they put up there. Um, the the YouTuber said that he actually somehow digitally cleaned up the footage. I don't know what he did, but oh. it actually looks remarkably good. 
Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, he actually said, you know, I, I cleaned it up, made it watchable. Um, it's probably going to be taken down, so watch it while you can. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> right, right. No, I don't know if it's been up there forever or what, but um, I didn't look at the, the date it was published. But, um, but you know, it's totally watchable. And, um, I mean, you know, some of the, some other things of, of note, um, you know, obviously they nerfed his weaponry. So in the original show, what I saw was, that, like, like we said, there is a lot of gunplay. Um, and yep. it's all like laser guns. In this, it seemed like they were more hesitant to use guns. And I know that okay. is like very much RoboCop's thing. He, you know, his leg opens, he whips out his gun. And, yeah, you know, right. and this, the only gun type thing that I saw him use or, or brandish even was a glue gun. He like yes. he, okay, he yeah. did it a couple of times. He, sh- and he It's like super funny when he does it. It's just like in what we do in the shadows, the TV show. And when, you know, the guy's like, bat! And he turns into a yeah. guy. He's got to say it every yep. time. It's that, yep. he's like, blue gun! Like, both times. <laughs> Just to let you know. Blue gun! Blue gun! Like, okay. <laughs> to make it obvious, I'm not right. actually shooting someone with, like, weird lava. This is blue. Right. This is blue. It's, a, it's my mucilage rifle. Um, Solar flare! <laughs> so we, I saw him do that. He had a grappling hook, which he sort of used. He used in combat. I mean, you know, he definitely yeah. was not getting around. Uh, so that was cool. And the one I liked the most, he um, he had just like a stun blast, which he just sort of held out his hand just like Iron Man. And uh, and just it was like, you know, a force came out of his hand. And, and, you know, I don't know, just it was just energy, basically. And it was like a stunning blast called the stun blast. I'm, I'm going to stop saying it. That's and, a stunning uh, it was blast. cool, though. It was like cool. He like it was a decently powerful attack. Like he he like. Shot it at the wall, and the whole like wall a skin, Scandinavian drummer in. for a death metal band. His name was Stromblast. Yes, I'm sure. Yes, uh, for Stromblast. Yes, <laughs> I think you're thinking of. Yeah, no, that's it. Um, so yeah, I'm mean, pretty cool for what I saw. The the colors are a little weird. He's more yeah. blue than anything. Yeah, and yeah. I don't, it's one of those things where you're not. I'm not quite sure that he's supposed to be blue. I mean, he right. is, they painted him with blue, but it's sort of like Venom. Like Venom was in the 90s, they, al- they always made him black with like blue outline and then some certain artists would like take it too far. And then like yeah. Marvel versus Capcom, Venom is just blue. He's just like sky right. blue. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, he's black, but they sort of like, I get it that he's not really blue in the comics. Like I get it, but they use blue to sort of outline him because it's more interesting or whatever. In this, I felt like it was that. Like, he is being painted with blue, but, I mean, like, maybe he's supposed to be gray? But if you put him... Blue gun! Yeah. (laughs) If you put him next to the old show, I really prefer the drawings to the old show and the color scheme and all that stuff. You know what? It's funny. Like, even though he's just monotone, monotone gray, like, I... There's something about that that I really like. And even like the new RoboCop remake that they made, and they made him black. It's like, oh, he's, yeah. got, he's black. He's got a red visor. Shouldn't this be cooler? And it just right. wasn't. wasn't. But yeah. the whole thing about RoboCop is RoboCop, it's supposed to be, he's in this like lifeless metallic body, and he's trying to like fight to yeah. keep whatever shred of humanity he has left. So it kind of, yeah, he, the dichotomy kind of works with him being like flat gray or flat metallic yeah, tone. True. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's a really good point. Boss Rush, that is pointed as fuck. Actually, that is on par with your uh, your assertion of uh, or your your interpretation of the end of Blade Runner with uh, with um, Roy Batty releasing the dove, which might have been his soul. I enjoyed that. 
Well, that I read somewhere, so I can't oh. take credit for that. <laughs> oh, damn it, CJ. Nobody knows you read that somewhere. Just take it. Now we I do. Can't. I Shit. can't take it. God damn it. Uh, I want the RoboCop one, though. That one, that one I came up with on the spot. Uh, I'm, I'm sure other people have made that observation, but no, that popped no, in my head I've just now. I've never heard that. But, oh, yeah, so no, just... so back, back to that YouTube yes. video. That, that was posted in September of uh, 2017. Okay, so it's been up there oh, for, yeah. a while, for a while. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, if you're interested, um, I think both shows are up on YouTube in their entirety. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yep. They are. The um, the Alpha Commando show definitely the quality was better, and uh, hey, 40 episodes that's a that's a decent chunk. Right. But yeah. Um, pretty typical of uh, quality at the time. I think kind of reminds me of like the Iron Man cartoon that was on, or like a Mighty Max or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not bad. I, I thought. Not bad. Not bad. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Okay, Nintendo, what you Ooh. got? Well, I got Conan the Adventurer, Conan. which came out the Adventurer. In, which came out in 1992. I was yes. hey I, 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 I almost said 2092. I oh. almost said that. It, that would have been just, that would have been less uh, true. That would have been yeah, that would have been a, a big lie. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so it ran for two seasons and it had sixty-five episodes altogether. Pretty good. Um, right. Now I, I do remember watching the show a lot with Parasite Steve on. Yes. Um, and I'm, we, I'm we, in we, trouble we, now. Steve on. Parasite Steve on. Use the full name. You're in trouble. Use full name. I'm fine. <laughs> um, we we loved the show at the time. Yes. But it's been oh my god, it's been like. Over twenty, oh, <laughs> yeah. over twenty years since we've seen the show, and yeah. I mean, going back to it, like it, yeah, the show did not age well, as with most mm-hmm. American shows. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I still enjoyed what I watched. Cool. Yeah. Was, there, there yeah, were I, 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 moments, and right know, as expected. Um, yeah. Some of the, the the voice acting was good. Some of it was not. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so, what I thought was really cool about the show. Well, I mean, we all know that the the movies and the books were fairly violent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- not unfairly, but fairly. Not, not but fairly, <laughs> not unfairly, but fairly. Um, I I really liked this idea of having star metal. Yes, to, me too. To defeat the one of my favorite the, genres. The, yes, yes, <laughs> the the best genre ever. Oh, man. Star metal. That's the best. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the star metal would, uh, essentially, uh, would send the, uh, uh, the snake cult, I guess is what they're called, uh, back to the abyss where, uh, set is. And the the whole point of the the series was to prevent set from coming back to earth. Um, set was like their serpent God. It's like a God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, accompanied by ready and go. <laughs> yeah. right. So the, the snake cult was just uh, some evil religion that worships set, and uh, but they were they were physically snake men. They, they were like, right, right. They weren't hiding. They're were just yeah. like they were literally snake men. They were well, they were hiding because they could turn into humans. Like, oh, and if I, they got close to star metal. They it would break the spell, and you'd see what oh, they I really were. That. But if you touch them with it. They, they would, would be very bad. So I know uh, Rathamon, which was you no know, the the main villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he had a human form, 
and that happened to him by touching mm-hmm. the star metal. But all these the, like the the minor uh, villains, like like the the throwaways, they were like they were just straight up lizard. People. Yeah, they were like lizards, but they but they, had, they they dressed. They no, they had this like magic spell, and it would turn them into. It was just like in uh, They Live. So like, oh, you know, they, they yeah, looked yeah. human to everybody else, but if you had star metal and you were close you to one, it. Yeah. it would break the spell. And, and it was okay. called star metal because it came, which I, I agree. I think star metal was one of the best um, concepts that show had, period. It was a great idea. Yeah. And it was like, you know, this, this, uh, these meteors fell like some years ago yeah. to Earth and they were made of metal. And it was a metal that was not found on Earth. And a bunch of weapons were made out of it. But guess what? It's finite. It's a, there's a right. very small amount. So there are, there are star metal things out in the world, but they are special as fuck. So yeah. Conan's sword is made of star metal. And slowly as you meet other characters, eventually everybody ends up with a star metal weapon. But they don't have it for a long time. And yeah, uh, that yeah. was one of the things I thought was really cool. Like you could actually see characters progress and get new equipment and they would actually change clothes sometimes. Yep. Like which, even you, don't, which you, you don't see very hardly often ever. in cartoons. Yeah. hardly. I mean, I know Conan was usually like what you think, you know, he's just yes. basically got a loincloth, but uh, sometimes if they went into like uh, like, cold regions he had a very specific cold outfit and it had like a viking helmet with two horns and mm-hmm. fur and stuff and i know he also had like an arabian looking outfit that he would sometimes wear so i mean he definitely would change costumes sometimes yeah that's right. cool yeah. i haven't watched this since we were kids but yeah it was one of yeah. my favorite things and i saw the episodes a million times and then later in life became a huge uh, Robert E. Howard fan who wrote Conan and wrote various things. And actually, it really is pretty interesting how many things from the show were actually from the books. But they were very different and they were just sort of like Easter eggs. But there's a lot of Easter eggs. Okay. So right. right. Yeah, I, I watched a couple episodes of this show and I, I, I liked them a lot, actually. I thought they were pretty good. Yeah. And I don't yeah, know. I remember that show. Yeah, I remember it being on at the time, but I don't think I watched much of it at the time. But mm. I mean, like I said, Watched a couple like earlier, like uh, I think I watched one today and like one yesterday, and I was like, "Yeah, this is actually pretty good." Yeah, oh, that's cool. I'm glad you liked it. Do yeah. you remember what episodes you saw or one of them? Uh, I don't remember the names of either <clears> one of them, to be honest. It was kind of like I wasn't paying like a hundred percent attention. I was kind of doing like a couple things, but I okay, was it was fair. on the TV, and I remember one that they were, they were fighting this lady with like a lizard eye, and um, I don't know. It's, uh, they had to yeah. go through this like that's fine. I had to go through this like um. Like some sort of weird, like I, I want to call it an obstacle course, but it's not an obstacle course. Like like a it's these set of traps to get to her lair in this big, huge, you know, castle or whatever. And you know that, you know, which ended up only being two. <laughs> but I, like one of them was like one of the characters, like, oh, your armor can protect us from this fire. The fire only goes on briefly, and while there's like spikes coming down from the ceiling. So one of the characters were like, you know, he had his like magic armor, which must have been made of star metal or something. And he just like run through and like the fire is hitting him, but he's not affected by it. And everyone else was just behind him progressing through this hallway with, when the spikes are coming down. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like one of the other characters got the, got the shine for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, there was a decent amount of like <clears throat> his friends that he met along the way. And then they would be, they would recur, but it wasn't yeah. like they were in every episode. So you really got the sense of like, you know. They were there oh, when they, they were needed. It yeah, this, like, oh, yeah, this is, 
Well, you got the sense of these roving adventures that he had over like a long period of time. And yeah. I, I think it was cool too that certain other characters had their own things going on. And mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of times like Conan would just be along for the ride. It's like, oh, I'm going to help you do what you want to do now. And my right. Conan's was, not the center of every episode. Or right. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it makes it feel more organic. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just interesting. And my favorite character was uh, definitely Grey Wolf. Grey Wolf, yeah. yeah. Loved Grey Wolf. He, he looked like a, an Arabian sort of uh, magician. He had like this blue mask over his face. And he was just, he was just cool. And uh, he, had, he was a wizard. And so he had this like magic staff. And uh, his, it had like a little claw, like a like, so, a, like a little paw, or I don't. Okay, it was something at the end of it. So the deal with that is, um, he didn't have it at first. So at yeah, first they met him. He just had a staff for the first bunch of episodes. He just had a staff, and then there was an episode where they dealt with um, this uh, this race of their like Aboriginal sort of characters. They're called the Picts. There were real Picts in real life in Scotland like a long time ago and Robert E. Howard was very, very interested in genealogy and very interested in in, uh, what people were before they were the people they are now. Like, well, the Germans, what were they before they were Germans? They were were like, where were the Gauls and the the Picts and all these things? Um, And Sumerians and obviously... Conan is the Cimmerian, which is almost the same sounding right. yeah. Yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's because he was just super interested in all that stuff. So he actually used the Picts a ton. He used them in non-Conan stories. He used them in just random horror stories that he wrote. He was very interested in the Picts. He was also very interested in subhuman races that would have, he imagined, go have, have started human and then gone back into the earth and devolved and there were many stories involving serpent men and snake men, tons. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite is Worms of the Earth, which is a, uh, which is, uh, I think it's Bran MacMorn is the character. It's not, it's not Conan at all. But so that's a great story. And there are these lizard men. So the lizard men is they're an Easter egg by themselves. They're a very Robert E. Howard thing. The picks are a very Robert E. Howard thing. So they they dealt with these picks a, a few times, and they were the Wolverine picks. I remember. And in the books, there are stories where he meets other tribes of Picts, and they always have an animal name in front of it. So it's like, you know, we're the, the, the panther Picts or the whatever. But um, in this show, there was the Wolverine Picts, and they helped them. And the deal was that the chieftain actually had a piece of star metal. And like I said, they, they were really rare. You know, you didn't see star metal all the time. And it was, it was shaped like this claw, this wolf's Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was called uh, the Claw Claw of Heaven. The Claw of Heaven, Wikipedia. And so they helped him in this one episode. They helped the tribe, and Grey Wolf was there, and he was with Conan. He helped them do whatever they, whatever it was. I don't remember the details. And then at the end of the episode, to show his thanks, the chieftain guy goes to Conan. He says, "He's like, you know, thank you so much. I'm going to give you our most prized possession, the Claw of Heaven." And uh, and Conan's like, "Oh, I actually don't need." more star metal. I, I have my sword and he's like, gray wolf, friend, gray wolf here, you take this. So from that episode on gray wolf staff actually had the wolf paw at the end of it. And now he had the ability to do the same thing. Conan could do with his sword and like reveal the presence of snake men and then send them to the abyss and all that stuff. And, and that sort of a thing actually happened with all the characters. They all had like some plot where they got star metal, but they did not start out with it. Right. So it really was very gameable. It was very gamey. Yeah. Yeah. Gray Wolf's whole thing was he was trying to save his sister, his, his brother and sister 
who had been turned into into, into wolves. Wolves. Yeah. Uh, and that was like the very first episode that they that we met Grey Wolf. There was actually his brother and sister, Sasha and Misha. And so they were like very, you know, all the, all the names are very Russian sounding, except for Grey Wolf, which sounds Native American, I guess. But, Mushu and Guy Pan. Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> so Sasha and Misha. And then they got turned into werewolves, like human-esque werewolves. And then at the end, uh, they were trying to break the spell, but all they could do was turn them into full wolves. So the werewolf madness was gone. They weren't monsters. They weren't trying to kill everybody, but they were still wolves. So he always had these two wolves by his side at all times. And they were his brother and sister. And he was just, that was his deal. He would would help Conan, but they would always like every now and then you'd have an episode where they're trying to like, okay, there's a, we have a lead. There's a city we heard about in the clouds and they know how to, you know, transform things. So let's check that out. And maybe we can cure Sasha and Misha or whatever. And of course they never did, but yeah, but. I don't know. I right. think that sort of explains a lot of what I liked about the show. Right. Yeah. That's super cool. I want, I want to watch some episodes of this. No, no, because I, I do agree with you that Grey Wolf is also my favorite character on the show. And he was voiced by uh, Michael Beadle. Beadle. Uh, ironically, that same voice actor did the voice of Needle. Oh, the, who's the Jar Jar on the show? Yes. The most huh. obnoxious sidekick ever. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking annoying. Oh my god. Like why? Like people think Rush is annoying? No. No. I mean he yeah. is like he, the worst. No, he is. <laughs> back up, back up. He back is. Up, back up. He is he's fucking annoying. But yeah. But was, Needle yeah. is like Needle's worse. Oh my god. That's why they call him needle. It's like a needle in your brain, like just oh, your li- literally. It's like piercing through your eardrums. Needle in a brain stack. Which is uh, a bummer. <laughs> I did no. like because he was a he was a phoenix, but he was a baby phoenix. Mm-hmm. And in the show, another thing that I thought was really really neat was phoenixes had the power to they could go onto flat surfaces yes. and be totally safe. So the he when he slept, quote unquote, he would be on Conan's shield, shield and he yeah. would appear as an emblem of a phoenix. Right. And then Conan mm. could knock on the shield and be like, hey, Needle, wake up. And Needle would come out and be a physical bird. But he could That's do cool. that anywhere. So if he was like in trouble, he could like go on a wall or whatever. And the, one of the, I think- But not before point, screaming bloody murder. No, I mean, oh my God. <laughs> so annoying. But a fun, a really fun uh, reference to the to the books is that the first Conan story was the Phoenix on the sword, not the Phoenix okay. on the shield. Right. But there was a Phoenix on the sword, and there's a huh. character in that uh, story who's like the old man character. Do you remember the guy who's I can't remember his name right now, but he was like Jaga basically. He died really early, and he was kind of like this sort of wise old man sage that Conan would every once in a while he'd run into it somewhere and he'd talk to his ghost or something. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, Jaga like, I wish I could remember his name. That guy was actually from that story, the Phoenix and the sword. Jaga the butt. No, no. (laughs) that's it. Close. That's him. It's, it's almost like Prometheus. It's not Prometheus, but it's, it's something like that. Uh, Paravadius maybe. I don't know. That's it. That's it. Paramecium. Remember. Parabellum? Parabellum. <laughs> keep, somebody keep talking. I'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Pro-rate. Um, yeah, uh, Dong-hee? Don, don 
No. No, I'm not. Don, Don Quixote. That's that's how it's pronounced. D O N G H E E. Don He. Donghi. Dodge this is outside my jurisdiction. I, 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 I don't know. Boss Rush, what do you mean? You know how to pronounce things. <laughs> I, I know how to mis- mispronounce almost everything. I didn't say you know how to I, pronounce them right. Right. You can pronounce I have, them. You, you, are, I have, you find a way. I do. That's my... Oh, yeah. Um, per- also, also from uh, that same story, The Phoenix on the Sword, there is a... Uh, the, the evil character that they're fighting his name is thoth amon oh yes yeah Thoth-Amon. and so they turned that into wrath amon uh, yes who's yeah. the villain of the show oh. and there was also uh there was also a thing with the ring uh thoth amon had a had a magic ring wrath amon had a magic ring and mm. the that ring is the only conan world thing that ever showed up in a non-conan story uh, by Ro- Robert E. Howard, there was a uh, a story called I think it's the I think it's called the Haunter of the Ring, and it's actually Thothamon's ring. Okay, that's pretty it's neat. Pr- it's that's, just a fun cool. like little callback he did. Yeah, right, right, right. Oh, Ep- Epimetrius is the old man. Yes, yeah. I was just looking at that too. Right on the yeah. tip of my tongue. I'll, oh. I'll 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 take your word for it. Oh. A word that I'm not, <laughs> a word that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Oh. I'm almost afraid to watch this again. And, you know, because I know you're right, Joe. I know it's not going to hold up, but it's still fun, though. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, yeah. Greg had time. I mean, the, what, what I watched over the weekend was uh, considered as the, the TV movie, which is like the, the last uh, two, uh, three or four episodes just put together uh, as a movie, pretty much. It was like over an hour and yeah. a half long. Um, I thought it was really cool. I like the way how the show ended. And, I mean, I would recommend it. I mean, if you like Conan and you know it's not going to be like the movies. Just, right. Just right. It sounds like a solid adventure know, cartoon. Right, right. Just yeah, exactly. wa- watch a few random episodes. You don't need to watch them in order. Just Right, right. Just just get the, the taste for it. But if, if you do think it's worth your time, I do think it's a cool show to watch in order because right because it does seem to be like a progression going on yeah Yeah. more than most cartoons i would say yes yep yes yeah anyway yeah all right cool uh that sounded pretty pretty cool and like i said i enjoyed what i seen so i might catch some more of this actually after after yeah i definitely want to check it out i've wanted to buy the dvds forever and just never did yeah yeah well, maybe now's the time. Anyway, let's let's move on to Eight Bit Alchemy. What do you got going on? Oh hey, oh hey, everybody. Hi, um, <laughs> hi, hi. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, said the ting. A little Nico McBrain. Nico here. Hi. R.I.P. Martin Bird. Hi. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to talk about Toxic Crusaders. Um, Toxic Crusaders, for uh, for those who are not familiar with them, is a cartoon show that was inspired by the Troma movie, yeah. uh, The Toxic Avengers. And uh, The Toxic Avenger came out in 1986. Um, it Actually, 1984, 1986, I'm not positive why there's two dates it might have been like film release and video release who knows um but it was like mid 80s essentially and uh and so then in 91 um they decided to spin this 
movie, which, you know, we are talking about R-rated movies here, and you, you don't get much more R-rated than trauma films. <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> movies have, you know, tons of gore, tons of sex, blood, and right. plenty of no-no words that, frankly, <laughs> make me uncomfortable watch like like to to read some of the quotes from the original toxic avengers movie i'm like jesus christ like yeah. that's not okay to say and uh okay. and so you know it's it's just friggin insane to think of anything like that spinning into a, a kids type show um but honestly I, I was able to watch um, an episode of this on YouTube, and it, it's it's such crazy, unfortunate timing. So this person uploaded the full season. Um, the season was it was show was one season. It was thirteen episodes, and they uploaded all thirteen episodes on YouTube. And uh, I watched the first one last night, and then I went to watch more, and the entire playlist of episodes has become private now. Oh, I think oh, I single-handedly ruined it. Like, I think <laughs> by watching it, they're like, oh, oh shit, somebody's shit. actually watching this. We gotta pull yeah. this shit down. I just yeah, uploaded I actually, these for me. Yeah, I actually uh, went to watch these, and I couldn't find any. I was like, crap, crap how did friggin' 8,000 yeah. watch these? I, I was able to watch the first episode on uh, so, uh, Saturday or yesterday. Yeah, so, like, so, it, it legitimately so you guys. Today. It's, it's your right. fault. We, we ruined it. We flooded we the did. market. Damn. So it's 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 kind of a bummer. Can do can two drops be in blood? It 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 is in in, in Tromaville, New Jersey. Do apparently. two drops a flood make? A flood make? Uh, so so this show um is basically a couple of pretty big drips. <laughs> big old <laughs> big old drips of sludge. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry, but I'll No, you're you're good. You're good, boss. Right? I know, but go um, ahead. Deep brush mode. <laughs> when, when you get all poignant. <laughs> oh. oh, shit. So, it happens uh, yeah, once or twice every four years. It, it does. You know, it's like a blue moon. It's kind of nice. A little slice of, slice of orange on there, too. You, got, uh, you just got pulled over on Boss Mush Road. I did. Bosh <laughs> Mush Highway. Bosh Mush Turnpike. Um, yeah, so so the the plot of the movie and the plot of the show is pretty much the same. You have uh, this super dorky kid, uh, you know, he's this guy, Melvin Junko, and uh, Melvin Junko Melvin. is a uh, Melvin Junko. He's a he's a wimpy janitor. He's just sort of a dork. Everybody makes fun of him. He's you know everyone's punchline, both literally and figuratively, and uh, and so he you know just falls into a vat of waste. And there's like this huge, you know, waste company. They are polluting the air. It's this whole thing of like, you know, all those cartoons that were anti-pollution and stuff like that, like Captain Planet yeah. and Swamp Thing yeah. and stuff like that. So this was definitely tying into that. But, um, you know, there's like toxic waste everywhere. And uh, Melvin ends up, you know, getting beat up and getting thrown into this vat of toxic waste. And he mutates into Toxie. And Toxie is, you know, the toxic avenger the toxic crusader he's just this big old green melty looking dude he actually turned into like two different people too before he turned to talk yeah he, he like really funny. quickly like turned into like uh like a a, a woman or something and then yeah, he turned yeah, into yeah. like a, a movie like star or something yeah, he turned into a movie star and like and people who are like watching him like transform to these people they're like freaking out yeah, like, oh my yeah. God, he's like thing. oh god i'm turning into a famous movie star and they're like ah and he's like oh no i'm changing again <laughs> uh, now i'm a hideous being and uh <laughs> it's like it's uh it's honestly one of those shows that you you're looking at it and you're like this is stupid and the show itself goes i know 
and the show is fully <laughs> aware of how dumb all of the stuff is. Yeah. And I think that's actually what what made me like it so much because I fully expected yeah. to watch this episode and be like, okay, you know, whatever. It's a product of its time and, and this and that. Right. But honestly, because by the end of the... If it wasn't robots, it was gross out humans. It was gross out. It was gross yeah, out. Was, and then you're yeah. like, oh, environmental, save the planet and yeah. all this other shit. But it's so self-aware and it was like, I don't know. I thought it was genuinely funny. I, I honestly yeah. thought like a lot of the characters were pretty funny. Um, there's a, there's a handful of, of other of the toxic crusaders that join him. Uh, you know, so at the end of the first episode, he has a couple of extras. So, um, uh, oh yeah, actually his mop also gets mutated in the cartoon, which didn't happen <laughs> in the movie. And so the mop just turns into essentially like this all purpose, like stretchy, super handy pet type thing like it can just do whatever he needs it to do um right. and it's just plot all, mop. All, plot mop yeah basically <laughs> cleans up the plot lines yeah and uh and, but he, he also meets up with these other two people that like see his exploits on tv and want to join his uh you know his cause and there's no zone who's yeah. just this like pilot <laughs> with a huge fucking nose yeah. and he just sneezes really uh... strong like that's, that's his that, whole that's deal. His power, yeah. That's his whole deal. He just sneezes good, and uh, and then there's also Major Disaster, who yeah. I I think is fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, like Major Disaster he is, is legit such cool. a yeah. good name, and he's just like this, you know, tried, tired, like worn uh, soldier type. But he also has the power to control plants. Yeah, he's a tree like, guy. Yeah, like For he's sure, cool yeah. as shit. Like, it, like is, he, like, is he cooler? <laughs> is he cooler yeah. than corporal punishment from the morality squad <laughs> i mean that is also pretty damn cool major minor from the the robocop show that didn't alter alternate uh timeline in the uh robocop alpha commando universe but yeah major disaster he's cool as shit yeah and he yeah like he's like all plant you know looking and stuff like that and in the first fight he basically just controls these trees to go fuck up some bad guys yeah. and it's just awesome like yeah. that's fun totally. um and so i didn't i didn't get far enough in the show but apparently there are a couple of extra ones that join the crew including headbanger uh yeah. who is a fusion of a dr bender and a mad scientist fender uh you know so figure that one out and yeah, then there's man. also a uh, junkyard which is the fusion of a homeless man and a junkyard dog fused together by lightning yes well like, that's what lightning oh, does man. lightning <laughs> does in fact fuse things as we <laughs> all know we all know this yeah, yeah. he looked like a very silly werewolf yep like um, if you wanted to get superpowers back now, you had to get hit by lightning or fall into a, like a vat of toxic waste or get right. hit by really? something radioactive. Vat, vat of waste. Uh, one of the other things I think is fun is that uh, so the main character Toxie and also one of the bad guys, Doctor Killamoff. <laughs> uh, actually, a, it's such the, a good name, actually. Yeah, really and, like and, and actually, the the bad guys were pretty good. Like uh, yeah. the 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 secondary bad guy, I think Sar. Psycho. Oh, oh, was it Psycho? Psycho, yeah. Yeah, okay. He, he, he's my he's my favorite. He's fucking funny. Like he, he yes. was really good. Yes. The every like, every he totally, line. He totally played into that cliche. Like whatever the villain says, it actually happens. So he's like he's like like telling Doctor Killamoff what is going to happen. Like oh, what if Toxie does this and then this happens and this happens and then it right. eventually happens and then yeah. and then, he's like, Doctor... and then he's like I told you so and Doctor yeah. Killamoff's like. 
what did you say? <laughs> yeah. And Dr. Kilimov's like, oh, well, you know, hopefully leaving all these vats of toxic waste around won't cause some some unsuspecting <laughs> person to mutate into a super strong, super ugly being of power. And then that's like word for word what happens in the next scene. And yeah, and Psycho's just always there to do the I told you so, but but cleverly. Yeah. Yes. It was really funny. Like the bad guys were good. Uh, and also, Dr. Kilimoff, like, in the first episode, you know, he, you see, you introduced him, he's got, like, this kind of, you know, he has a face with these, like, tubes coming out the side and this crazy colored hair and shit, and then, like, at the end of the episode, he just takes his head off, and he's, like, a fucking, like, insect person, yeah, he's like and he's actually been wearing a helmet the whole time, and he's, like, this alien roach. He has, he has four arms, right? Yeah, yes. he, yeah, he has four arms, and so I was like, just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, Popeye has large forearms. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, we all have forearms. I mean, we right. do. It's just if they're B4 or 1234. Right. Yeah, right. Um, but <laughs> sure. sure. But yeah, the bad guys are great. Uh, the characters are good. And uh, the, so, yeah, Toxie and, um, and Dr. Killamoff are both voiced by uh, the voice of Squidward, Roger Bumpus. Oh, no, no way. Which is super uh, fun. I had, I had no idea. And, and honestly, I was really surprised because. First of all, neither character sounds like Squidward at all. And also, the um, seeing Dr. Kilimoff sounds super different, too. Uh, so, yeah, he's honestly really, really good. I, I didn't know m- many of the other voice actors. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I, I remember this show because Parasite Steve definitely had, like, some kind of paraphernalia. I don't remember if it was, like, action figure, I, action figure specifically or, like, an activity book or something. I had Junkyard for some reason. Okay. Um, oh yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, somebody gave it to me for my birthday one year. I don't remember who. But, huh. Yeah. But yeah. Oh my god! I totally remember this figure. Yeah. Oh my god! That's super funny. Yeah. So definitely the figures definitely saw the name, and I I, I have a weird feeling like we had a card matching game, or like a like a, there was a Toxic Crusaders like deck of cards or something. Oh. Like I for some reason I'm remembering cards. Um. But this was a name I definitely remembered. And as a kid, I never watched it. And I don't remember if this was one of those things where I, I like, asked about it. And we're like, oh, no, we can't watch the movie. <laughs> uh, and I don't know. So it was just one of those ones that I never, <laughs> I never got, like, super into. But now going back and revisiting the cartoon, I'm like, you know, this is actually funny. And I don't think highly of trauma stuff. Like, everything, everything I've seen just feels like, okay, this is so, like, trying to gross try you out. Hard. Trying to be, yes. yeah, right. Yeah. Wicked try hard, you know, going above and beyond to be crass and inoffensive and stuff. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they, they honestly... They seem to have put together a pretty funny show. And uh, yeah, the episode titles were pretty funny, but the best one ever was the season finale, which was, that's no villain, that's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an episode essentially where the... Mom's ma- a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Kilimoff and, uh, and Melvin's mom, Mrs. Junko, uh, ended up switching brains. And so the, they, were, they did a little, you know, Freaky Friday thing there. Um, but um. yeah, pretty, pretty funny. Pretty good stuff. The toys are pretty cool. Uh, They're really detailed. Like, they're gross, but there's so much to it. Major Disaster is great. I mean, Major Disaster is definitely the coolest. Oh, he's so awesome. Like, I loved his name, too. Like, Major Disaster is such a good name. But yeah, the guy... uh, I was going to say, better name than, like, Dr. Mrs. The Monarch or something like that. (laughs) What? Or Dr. The Mrs. Monarch. I don't know. 
Like I, I mean, I love the the Venture Brothers show, just kind of going off in a tangent. Oh like, yeah, yeah. One of the, the weirdest like naming conventions. Like you know, at first she was just Doctor Girlfriend, and then she was Doctor Fiance, then Doctor the Monarch. What I don't know. It's, it's been a while since I've seen it. <laughs> but like as the show progressed, she actually married like the main villain, the Monarch, and when she did, she became known as like Doctor. Right, I remember Doctor Girlfriend Monarch. existing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I thought you were anyway, going to go a different direction with that. I thought you were going to say better than like corporal disaster. <laughs> I don't know. Corporate. Corporal punishment. Sergeant, it's like it only works if he's a major. Yeah, right. 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 Sergeant, not only. No. Nope. Lieutenant Kaplawi. Yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible uh, name. All right. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I say it's worth checking out. And I mean, if you can't find it, they did release the whole thing on DVD. Uh, so, you know. Cool. If you have to pay money, I guess you know right. the option is available. Right, uh, right. but yeah, it's definitely neat. I kind of, I kind of might actually buy the series. Kind of might. I liked it enough. I liked it enough. Kind of might. Kind of might. Hey, that sounds that sounds extremely not entirely decisive. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really the the, the peak of indecisiveness. <laughs> Very nice. Absolutely, maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm gonna turn this ship back around, or t take it—not um, necessarily full circle, but get it kind of back to the starting position you know, with um, something I'm gonna talk about here. Um, I'm gonna talk about Police Academy, which has kind of made my talking points almost an accidental theme, except for the Rambo, I guess. But, um, but uh, yes, Police Academy. Oh, that's please. Cool. Da -da -na, da -da -na. <laughs> I can't help it. It's a good theme song. I, I, I want it to be on everything. <laughs> it really is. Uh, but it's a Police Academy show, also known okay. as Police Academy, the animated series. Uh, ran for two seasons in 1988 and 1989. Had 65 episodes, so it was uh, a lot of episodes. I wouldn't say it's a decent amount of content because I watched two episodes of this show and I had to tap out because, Oof. oh my God, this show is so bad. Yeah. I mean, the, the drawings and the animation are okay. I mean, that's not the worst yeah. part, but it's like the jokes are all so forced and so punny bad. I mean, not even good puns. They're bad puns. You see them a mile away. They're forced. They all fall flat. I don't think a single one of them landed in like the two episodes I watched. Damn. So I was just like, I am not enjoying this in the slightest. So I, I gave up after uh, two episodes. Yeah. So I was like, I'm, I'm pretty much all set with this. Right. But, um, the theme song was performed by the Fat Boys. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. <laughs> I had no idea, but I do really like the theme song of the show. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. like, the, the only good part about it. It really is. Yeah it, it is a fun, yeah, it is a fun theme song. And I guess um, they make appearances in the show as, uh, as friends of um, Officer Conklin, also known as House. He's, like, the really not, – not high tower, not the big muscular cop, but, like, just a big rotund, like, overweight cop. Okay, uh, and and they were Big Boss, Cool, and Mark. So, so I guess they did voices for like you know some of the characters for like two episodes or whatever, which was cool that you know they they got to have some you yeah. know you know Showtime at least. That is cool. You know, but, you I know, never, like I never really got into these movies. Did, do you guys like these movies? I mean, I liked the first couple, but they made like four hundred of them, and I was all set after two. So. Yeah. Because they all got just kind of derivative them, and stupid. But... Yeah, yeah, it's it is what they what it is. But you know, after like the first two, it's like okay, I, I've pretty much seen this before. It's like this, you're not really doing anything interesting at this point. You know, Police Academy six or whatever, like the last one ended up being is like yeah, no, we're I'm all set after two. Yeah, we, we I, I we watched didn't a need bit anymore. Of, 
I saw the first one. Like I think I watched half of it on Netflix and just kind of got bored. I was like, I'm not really right. feeling this. Like, uh, yeah, but yeah. The movies are definitely more like you know adult humor than you know, innuendo and stuff. And obviously, you couldn't do the cartoon like that. So they they just toned it way down, like like way way down. Like I said, all the jokes and all the puns are just so poor and just just oh uh, just so yeah unfunny. It's just painfully yeah. unfunny. <laughs> It's, I mean, but, um, if, if it's a comedy series and the comedy part doesn't land, there's, right. there's so, no yeah. value. There is no value. And it's like it's like then there are you know police force, but I don't think any of them ever like draw weapons except for Tackleberry, who's like known for just having like way too much of an arsenal. But he wouldn't actually shoot anyone. He'd shoot like things. Like there was like one uh, part in one episode where like uh, um. One of the uh, like one of the you know head officers. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but um, he gets stuck in a bank vault, and uh, you know, like oh the timer is set for tomorrow morning. Well, have a nice you get you can catch up on your sleep or whatever. And then Tackleberry just comes in with a rocket launcher and just blows the friggin' floor of the, like the bank safe up. It's like oh okay, well thanks for that. That's completely unnecessary. And like why the hell did this happen? It's as why 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 was he even there in the first place? What the hell's going on? Right. Like, they just they just needed Tackleberry to like blow something up, I guess. I was like, right, right, What's going on. Mm. But um, yeah, but the whole thing was just like that. It's like, it's like I said, every every joke is terrible, and I don't like I said, none of the cops draw their weapons, so it's like they they catch their crooks like by just pure accidents. <laughs> it's like I mean, this didn't actually happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did happen in, in another episode, and maybe it's just like a re- repressed memory. But like, imagine something in like the same like vein of, all right, crooks are running away with like bags, sacks full of money, and they're looking back. You won't catch us, coppers, but they're not looking where they're running. And um, like the old commissioner, like um, I can't remember what uh, Lassard I think is. No, not Lassard. Um, but the, the the really old, you know, like the lieutenant, like the, the oh real, the, yeah yeah yeah, that's Punky Brewster's dad. Yeah, Punky Brewster's dad. Uh, okay, yep. And he's like, he happens to be at a hot dog stand and he's eating a hot dog and the crooks accidentally run into that hot dog stand and everyone's like down for the count and like, you know, the, you know, the, the head, you know, commissioners, they're like, oh, you caught the bad guys, commissioner, great job. And he's just sitting there eating a hot dog and the guys ran into him. Some, something of that caliber would fucking happen. So it's just fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, boy. Such yeah, a weird ouch. decision to make this into a show. But, I mean, I guess it's, it's just like Rambo. It's like when it gets popular enough, they're like, well, how else can we make money off Right, it? where else do we go? Yeah, right. Yeah. right. It's, it's just a, yeah, it was like a huge friggin' property in the, in like the late 80s, yeah. mid-late 80s. And then they just figured, oh, let's just try to cash in on another avenue. And yeah. it ran for two seasons, which was longer than the first RoboCop and, and yeah. Rambo. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know how much money makes. I don't, I don't remember any toys being released for this. Which is surprising if there weren't. Yeah, yeah. Right. You, you would think that'd be like the only reason to even have a cartoon in the eighties is to use it as a commercial to sell toys. Exactly right, because it's like okay, the movies we made a lot of movies. Okay, we made a cartoon. Cartoon does uh, anything. Okay, we'll make we'll make toys. Like mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it's just yeah. a next logical next step. Like, like you're saying, you know, this is how you make more money. Yeah. So that that's what shows were. They were cart. They were commercials with smaller full, cartoons in right. between. Full length advertisements. <laughs> right. <laughs> Feature length ads. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, I really didn't have a, a lot to say about this. So, I mean, I don't know if anyone else has anything else to add. I just nope. remember it existing. I definitely yeah. watched a couple episodes of it. I have 
no opinion really. I did I did watch the intro again and I I liked it. Yeah, as the I, intro the intro is legitimately great. I do yeah, like the yeah. intro a lot. Yeah, and I I liked it still. So, but um, yeah, I don't know. Don't really have anything to add. Yeah, me either. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, I believe Parasite Steve has another thing he'd like to add to this barrel lapse. Yes. One more thing. I have um, a show called Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Ah, okay. Cool. This uh, obviously is uh, was because the HBO show Tales from the Crypt was so stinking popular. Yeah. Really um, so just like mm-hmm. we're saying with all these other ones, it's like, well, let's turn it into a show. Uh, it ran for three seasons, had 39 episodes, and it started in the year 1993. Um, so it was obviously based on the, on the show, but the show, like this show, um, was an anthology series. So every episode was introduced by the Crypt Keeper. And then it would be a random cast of characters in a random story. They're always, you know, same sort of idea being like a horror, more comedy version of the Twilight Zone. Basically, mm, yeah. you know, uh, characters encounter weird stuff. Usually it's monsters and ghouls and stuff like that. Usually they, their own hubris ends up being their undoing. They usually get what yep. they deserve to, in some respect. And, mm-hmm. um, They're come up and... Yeah, yeah. Always. Some, sometimes, like, worse than their comeuppance, but, like, uh, it's always, like, you know, well, it's because you were a jerk, and now, yeah. like, we ripped you apart. It's, like, maybe it doesn't equal, but, you know, it's... it's like, yeah. okay, I wasn't yeah. that much of a jerk. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, it was... Uh, it was. They were both um, pulling stories from the original comics. So I want to talk about the okay. comics really quick. Um, oh, yeah. So in the 1950s... Um, for a few years, not actually an especially long time, I think it was only like three years or so, uh, EC Comics, not DC, it's a right. different company, EC Comics, uh, they actually had three uh, concurrent running series that were anthology series. They were really interchangeable. They had the same exact look, the same sort of covers, everything was pretty much the same. Um, one was called Tales from the Crypt, one was called The Vault of Horror, and the last one was The Haunt of fear and each one of these um oh yeah so the show and the comics uh they were always introduced by a character so i said the crypt keeper the other two series each had their own version of the crypt keeper um so actually uh the neat part that i thought about the cartoon was it actually pulled the other two horror hosts in as characters Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so like the HBO show, they were never in it, to my knowledge. Um, it was always just the Crypt Keeper. And everybody knows the Crypt Keeper and what yeah. he looks like and stuff. But in the, the comics, actually, he looked very, very, very different. He did not look like that, that rotting corpse puppet. The Crypt Keeper right. was just sort of a guy. He had long yeah. white hair, and he had a blue shirt. And uh, each one of the characters, each one of the hosts had their own uh, color scheme. He was blue. He had blue eyes. He had a blue shirt. Just long, white, scraggly hair like, you know, Eddie from Iron Maiden or something like that. Not especially memorable. He just sort of looks like a guy. I mean, he's old. Yeah. He's not super old. He just has long, white hair. Then there was the, the Vault Keeper from uh, The Vault of Horror. And um, did I say that right? Yeah, Vault of Horror. And um, that, uh, that was a dumber-looking character. I think he sucks. The Vault Keeper is my least favorite by far. He's wearing a green, ripped hood. He also has long white hair, 
But his deal is like his face is just stupider looking than the Crypt Keeper. And like okay. he has this big open mouth with almost no teeth and drool. He just has like, they always draw him with a big gaping black hole for a mouth and strands of drool going from the top to the bottom. Oh, always. wow. Yeah. That's, that's like really always gross. how they did it. I've never so seen this character before, yep, but yeah, is, he just, yeah, he's just drooly mouth guy. Yeah. And I think the best one was the one from the haunt of fear, which is the old witch and her color was red and she had one big bug eye, like big, huge eye that looks, looks like it's about to pop out of her skull. And she had one normal size eye, but that eye was always looking to the far other direction. They, they were never looking in the same direction. And she's just basically like the ultimate, like caricature of a witch. Yep. Yeah, but I don't know. I thought she was kind of the coolest of the three because really the Crypt Keeper just was boring. So, but anyway, um, in the comics, the way that it worked was they would actually all present in all the titles, but whoever was the main, like it was their their show. So if it was Vault of Horror and it was the Vault Keeper, then he was going to get to present more stories. So he got to present like two or three. And then they gave like one to the Crypt Keeper and one to the Old Witch. And that's how it pretty much worked for all three of those titles. So whoever was the, the main host, they always got the most. But anyway, in the cartoon show Tales from the Crypt Keeper, which I'm actually supposed to be talking about, um, they, they used a different look for the Crypt Keeper that was the rotting corpse sort of look. Um, but he was very cutified. He was green skinned. He was not... He wasn't gross. He, he, was, he looks as cute as you could possibly make a noseless corpse, basically. Um, mm. And he, uh, he was voiced by the same guy who did the HBO show, John Kassir. And um, uh, they had the other characters, uh, the old witch, the vault keeper, who were voiced by Elizabeth Hanna and David Hemblum. Hemblin, who I know we've stumbled on that name on this show before. I've definitely <laughs> heard a stumble on that name uh, For before. sure. <laughs> um, they were... <laughs> Hemblem. Yes. So they were they were uh, both um, in starting in season two. They they came in as characters, and they would actually show up in the uh, the intro and the outro. Uh, so it was the same sort of deal as the HBO show, where you know he present at the beginning and then kind of wrap up at the end, and that was it. And they would show up, and they had this rivalry, which was kind of I guess present in the comics, where they were they were always kind of at each other's throats, but playfully. But in the show, they kind of made it like they were all they were the other two were jealous that they didn't have their own show and stuff and uh i don't know i i remember uh thinking it was really interesting that they had these other characters and then later learning that oh there was actually three and the hbo show just happened to only uh use the one and adapt oh. the one so anyway um i watched a couple episodes i do remember seeing this at the time it was definitely a lot closer to a goosebumps sort of a thing you know very mm. silly um very for kids but I will say that the first episode of the show, which is one of the ones I watched, uh, it wasn't especially good, um, but it did, it did deal with um, a couple of brothers who decided to rob a guy's house so they could get money to buy a dirt bike. Not just any dirt bike either. The brand new P11 Baja Sand Slicer, which they must have mentioned a thousand fucking time <laughs> there's one, one part with the older brother who's a total dipshit by the way he carried away a frigging flyer with this and he kept shoving it in his brother's face reminding him why they had to keep going and keep stealing or trying to steal or whatever and he's like oh it's a sand flyer uh. so anyway 
There was one point when they, they make it down into like the depths of the house and it just gets like, it becomes like one monster after another. It's like, oh, and he's got a werewolf. Oh, and he's got a Frankenstein. And oh, he's got... So there's this just tank of tentacles and you never see like an octopus. But you just see the tentacles. And the thing reaches out and grabs the piece of paper out of this kid's hand. And the kid is so fucking obsessed with this stupid ass dirt bike. He, his reaction to losing, not the dirt bike, but the freaking the flyer of the dirt bike his reaction is he's like my sand slicer and he leaps in the fucking tank to get it back oh my god it is a fucking oh my ad, god asshole. you stupid ass what the fuck uh, that's dumb dumb you ignoramus uh, uh, the older brother's name was Stu, and, and the, the younger brother i swear to god half of the fucking script to this episode was the word stew. Every time the kid Ew. said it, he's like, stew! And then you knew like three or four more were coming. Every stew. single time. He's stew. like, stew! 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 <laughs> Every time! Oh my god. Oh my god. So Fuck. I have to say, that first episode was not great. The second one I saw was better. It's called Fair Tonight. It was a couple uh teenage girls chasing a vampire it was a little bit better um but yeah Fair today like gone tomorrow no but i like <laughs> show. i liked the show back in the day i thought it was fun having any sort of a horror thing and i do like anthology type shows it's and a it, great idea in theory like it sounds it annoying but i i want yeah. the, to like the idea yeah i want to like it right exactly right. and usually these things are not cartoons usually it's like a goosebumps or something exactly like that. yeah or you're yeah. afraid of yeah. the dark or something like that and uh, you know also just real quick i'll mention that um these comics were also adapted in the uh in the 70s and there was actually way before the hbo show there was a tales from the crypt movie that was a it was an anthology same sort of deal and they pulled actual stories from the actual comics uh peter cushing was actually in it uh it was uh done by amicus which was the other english horror studio kind of like not quite as big as hammer but close and their deal was that they made a lot of anthologies so um there actually are a shitload of anthology horror films from england in the 60s and 70s and so they actually made tales from the crypt and they also made um the vault of horror as well Cool. Um, so those are. Uh, I actually have a two pack of those two movies. Pretty cool. Um, two pack for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That guy. But um, yeah, pretty cool. That's uh, about nice. all I have to say about that. Neat. Nice. Awesome. That's pretty nice. cool. Neat for each. Hey. Uh. So um, I think we're pretty much at the end of our blibbly blab. But uh, yes. I believe one of our retroids has uh have a, had a little offering for us. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, we got a super cool voicemail today. Yeah, from um, Phil Conti. Yes, Mr. Phil Conti. He's, oh. he's a visual storyteller um, yeah. on the group, and he's a longtime listener. So, hey, Phil, how's it going? Thanks a lot for uh, calling. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah let's... absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, thanks so much. Yeah. Let's hear um, from you. And honestly, yeah. like, holy shit, this, this voicemail blew me away because, like, he covers so much. Let's check it out. Yeah, yeah definitely. So before right, we go, so has everybody heard it? I, I haven't I, had a chance to I hear it yet. I, I heard it. I heard I it. I wonder if we could play it now and we could all listen to it. Because um, that would be great because then we could like comment and. Right. 
I just I wonder if I, if I play something if you if you guys will be able to hear it. I don't know. Let me let me try because I did download it. <clears throat> Let's see if you guys can. Yep. Yep. I share memes, but ooh, I get to talk now. No, I'm amazed back in the 80s that any R-rated property was greenlit to be turned into a cartoon. But nonetheless, there we were. Picture it, Sicily, 1922. Oops, wrong broadcast. Anyway, one of the things I remember of Conan the series versus the movies was that the movies were full of fantastic violence, just an overall good, old-fashioned, hard R rating. The series was good, but sanitized down to basically Galtar and the Golden Lance on steroids. <laughs> it lacked the fun of Thundar the Barbarian, which was great, and I think Ralph Bakshi's Fire and Ice had a better animated barbarian trope. The same can be said about uh, Robocop and Rambo. I mean, decent adaptations that had to be stripped down from to its, of its essence so that it had a, a G.I. Joe-esque feel, like lasers and guns and explosions, but I don't remember any gritty feel to, that the movies had. Tales from the Crypt, though, was like a kid's version of Stephen King meets Twilight Zone with some Fangoria mixed in. And as crazy as it sounded, I really think it worked. It was toned down for kids, but it was still pretty good scary content. And just for shits and giggles, I'd like to add one last thing about some 80s cartoons that would make some great R-rated movies or shows. Cops, which were the central organization of police specialists, basically genetically and technologically advanced cops and robbers. Fun show. Exo Squad, which means no introductions. Inhumanoids, which was a humans in a high-tech suit stumble upon an eons-old battle between elemental beings and essentially, for lack of a better word, demons. Also, I'd like to add both Robotech and Voltron to that list because their technology is there now with films like Pacific Rim and even some of the Bayformers movies just to make e either or both of them and they could do it justice. Overall, it's amazing to think that we grew up with any of these shows compared to the sappy drivel my kids have now like Caillou, Paw Patrol, PJ Masks. <laughs> and remember, <laughs> be excellent to each other. Nice. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Excellent. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a fantastic voicemail. Thank you so much, Phil, for uh, for throwing that at us. That was uh, definitely really really cool. And, uh, which actually the uh, the thing you mentioned, uh, I think we'll turn it into our octoponder this question for the episode. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned. Uh, so I will phrase it as this: What cartoon would you like to see be made into an R-rated movie? Yeah, go the other way. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I think that was a. Great question. So, uh, thank, thanks again for that, Phil, and uh, uh, definitely glad that you, uh, you know, participated in this episode. And uh, actually, uh, you were the one who put up that um, initial post on the, the Facebook page about Police Academy uh, a few weeks ago. So that's kind of what got the whole juices flowing, so to speak. Yeah, pretty cool. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and awesome reference to. Uh, I'm so glad somebody on the show mentioned the show Cops. Yes, I, yes. I was actually thinking that show too. Love. But. Yeah, yeah, I, I watch I watch yeah. that show from time to time. I, I remember remember. I really want to do an episode where we can really properly talk about. I don't know like what the theme would be, but I have kept that in the back of my head this whole time. That like yeah. okay, but cops at some point, and it's like <laughs> yes, I would definitely love to see a, a, sh a movie of that. That would be freaking badass. Yeah, remember the yeah, guy with long arm who had a robotic arm that would just shoot out a giant like handcuff, like basically right. like, Bionic Commando style. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I would love to see like a, a Transformers, uh, not Transformers. I'm sorry, yeah, Vol Voltron. Oh yeah. Uh, live action movie. I mean, they could totally do it. Like, like he said, you know, we oh, have the absolutely. technology now. Just, they just could. do it. 
Absolutely. Yep. Don't, yeah, just don't make just, just don't make like like Power Rangers. Just don't make right. it stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? right? Yeah. I mean, or even if there's, I mean, there could be some lightheartedness, and it could still work, just like the new right. show. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Because it should be a little, you know, fun loving, but not goofy. Not like dumb yeah. fun. Yeah. Like you know, yes. take itself seriously enough. The world is developed enough yeah, that it's right. worth doing justice. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't think it would be hard R, but yeah, like totally could do it. Absolutely, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, all right, we've been talking about all these R-rated movies turned into cartoons. So let's uh, rephrase, repeat that question so the audience can uh, have a chance to you know, get, get, their, get their noggins jogging so they can answer this week's Octoponder, this question, which is, what cartoon would you like to see be made into an R-rated movie? We will let you think about that for a bit, and we will go on a short break. Hello, and welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, the new and improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews, The Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some, because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the last 20 minutes of the movie. That's what the game is. It's fucking monsters tearing up a a fucking city. Secret Underground Hideout. Cinema with Harrison Smith. Dorks the Podcast. The Dorkening. Black and White Fright. The Wicked Horror Show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedorkening.com. Ahoy, adventurers, and welcome to the dungeon. I will be your captain, Ace Diceman. Join me and my first mate, Mr. Cooper, as we set sail on an amazing quest full of fun facts, funny jokes, and some high sea shenanigans. So climb aboard the Siren Song and let us spin you an epic tale. Look for the Epic Tales podcast on Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and iTunes. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. Welcome back to Horde, everyone. All right, we've asked you this week to occupy this question, which is, what cartoon would you like to see be made into an R-rated movie? All of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The why stop winning one? <laughs> which one would you like to actually speak of moment, you know, for a moment? And uh, I, will, I will actually start this off. I will go with the show that I remember way, way back in my youth that I definitely want to revisit. It's called Star Blazers. It's also known as mm. Space Battleship Yamato in Japan. And uh, I think this would make a fantastic, like, really, like, pretty much dark, 
mean, the, the, the setting itself is pretty dark for a cartoon show anyway. What it is is, um, you know, Earth is getting, you know, basically bombed by this, uh, by, a, by a race of aliens, like with these radioactive meteorites. Um, and like the planet is just getting more and more radiated so that there's, they're not able to live there as, you know, because of, of all the radiation. And all, it all seems pretty hopeless, but then they get like a transmission from like a Mars, I think, of this technology that they can use to have interstellar travel so they can like get some sort of technology to bring it back to earth and then they can cleanse the earth of the radioactive, you know, pollution. But they only have like, they've estimated that earth only has like one year left before it just gets so contaminated that it's a lost cause. So the, the, the show basically is just, um, you know, that, that adventure of them trying to, well, you know, they, they get the technology, but then they have to use it and it, it ends up, they can't, they only, they not only can use this stuff as like, you know, travel, but they can also use it as a weapon. And this weapon they have called the wave motion gun was like one of the most freaking crazy things. Of course, I was like five years old when this came out in America. So at the time there wasn't much to draw back on, but basically you pointed this at something, you fired it and then the problem went away forever. <laughs> it was just such an overpowered freaking gun. I mean, even in the show, it took like two minutes Plot for gun. it to warm up. It was just like, <laughs> it, it was like a big, huge friggin' buildup because you knew when they fired this, they meant friggin' business. And I believe like the, the first time they ever did it, it was like a floating continent. And it was a, you know, a good sized continent. It's just floating in space, but there was like a base on it they wanted to eradicate. So they fired it, meaning to eradicate the base or whatever, but they ended up destroying the entire freaking continent. And they were like, oh crap, this was way stronger than we thought. So it kind of became like a, like a, like a thing like, okay, you got to be really careful with this, you know, power we just obtained. We have no idea what, how, what its limits are. And we got to be really careful with this from now on. So, and it's like, it's kind of a grim cartoon to begin with. So I think it would be a very well adapted to an R rated movie, especially a live action. I know they've had like a couple of reboots of this show and I definitely want to see those. I guess, you know, cause I've, I've, I really remember liking the show back in the day and like, I think I was able to watch not entire episodes, but a couple of like clips here and there. And it seems like it's, it holds up pretty well. It doesn't seem like it's not goofy at all. I mean, yeah, there's people with like different colors on their outfits. Like, Oh, the, the red one, here's the green one. Here's the blue one, but it's not like a colorful show. It's kind of got like a, it's a like a dark palette overall. It's, it's just mm -hmm. not very chippy and cheery at, at all. Yeah. yeah. So I think oh. that would lend itself well to being an R rated movie. Cool. So um, let's see. We will go with 8-Bit Alchemy right now. What you got? Well, Beans. So I think that uh, a show that would be a great R-rated movie would be Samurai Jack. Um, okay. Now, I mean, that's not really much of a stretch. As it was, the show was already fairly like mature and somber and dark and all that shit. Um, yeah. But, you know, it definitely would be a world that I would love to see depicted in a full-length movie in a, you know, a real format, whether it, you know, with, with real actors or if they, you know, kept it animated or something that would be one thing but i'd really like to see it done you know with like keanu reeves as samurai jack and and really right. build the world like the cartoon is where you know there's not a lot of dialogue you know like the first episode of the samurai jack show actually had nine and a half minutes of silence which apparently was like unheard of in kids animation like there was never a show that had that much on like no spoken dialogue for that long yeah. and i think that would be a really effective kind of tone for a movie because i feel like you you can do a lot with that and a lot of movies have done that before some entire movies don't even have dialogue um and you know i think that the the world that they build and everything and the just 
the characters and samurai movies have you know they, they've gone in and out of popularity and stuff like that but there's been some really good ones that have come around and yeah i don't know i, th- I think i would love to see that done with a proper gory ass like r rating it would be it'd be awesome yeah totally. yeah man I, I could totally see that happening a little jack wick action jack wick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there you go it'd be breathtaking <laughs> oh my god the okay. dogs are gonna be so safe you don't even know yes all the dogs will be safe yes Does the dog die no never no only in the first one that's it that's it yeah only in the yep. only in the pilot right <laughs> right he's, he's basically the doom guy except it, it's not a rabbit it's a dog mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right so nintendo what you got going on all right so uh does anyone out there remember this really bad cartoon called Turbo Team? Yeah, I do not. I do it, not. It is I so, totally do. It's I hated the show. Okay. <laughs> I hated it because it creeped me the fuck out. Just okay. the idea of this kid turning into a car. <laughs> just oh my god! Just like just look thinking back to the first time i saw that transformation the way how his face stretched out and it turned to the, the front end of his car and i'm okay, like oh I think my I remember god this now yes yeah, his yeah. hands and feet I, turned to wheels yeah. and oh my god this out. oh this, this might be in the same recess of my brain as like today's special or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> right oh my god so creepy so I, I mean i think this show would make like a, a really good like r-rated horror movie Kind of, uh, kind of okay. like uh maybe like that like the like that movie Christine where the, the car just kind of like <laughs> okay. comes to life, but yeah. but in this case it would be like one of those perfect murder, uh movies where okay well this kid can just turn into a car and just fucking wreak havoc like just run people <laughs> yeah. over crush them into walls and I just just turn right. back into a to a person who's gonna know. Right, because I'll be like, we can't find the car. Where's the car? Where's the car? Right. Maximum Overdrive Two Teenage Boogaloo. Right, (laughs) right, and 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 there's no no fingerprints because he's a fucking car. Right, Right. only tire tracks. Tire tracks. (laughs) Tire tracks, but he can be human. Yeah, Yeah. and where's the fucking car? You you need the car. You need the car. Yeah. Everybody sees like they're getting killed. Running. He is the murder weapon. He is the murder. Yeah, he is the murder weapon. They don't. You've never seen this kid and this car in the same room together, have you? (laughs) 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 Now, Mm. now, can I can I just just read the the plot of the cartoon for a second? Go for it. Actually, it's 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 pretty pretty. Please, please do. It's very 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 very. It's very please. 1984. Please! 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 Please. <laughs> uh, so this show only had 13 episodes, which is 13 too many. Um, <laughs> it only aired in 1984. And the plot is... <clears throat> Turbo Teen is about a teenager named Brett Matthews who swerves off a road during a thunderstorm and crashes into a secret government laboratory just happens to be off the road somewhere. There, he and his red sports car are accidentally exposed to a molecular beam invented by a scientist named Dr. Chase for a government agent named Cardwell. As a result, Brett and his car become fused together. Brett gains the ability to morph into a car when exposed to extreme heat, which sounds awful 
<laughs> what if like, I won't go to the like, beach, what if, don't fucking go to the like, beach like what if he was getting laid and he was on top of his partner oh my god she did she she squashed she did she, she did. is fucking squashed. i'm sorry baby i didn't mean to turn to a car <laughs> it was an accident it was an accident a car well, accident be on top <laughs> and he turns back into a human when exposed to the extreme cold. With his new superhero power, which sounds like a super curse, Brett, along with his girlfriend, Patty, who will eventually die from getting squashed. Patty Wagon? (laughs) Maybe. Mm. (laughs) His best friend, Alex, and his dog, Rusty, go on crime-fighting adventures together and solve other mysteries. So apparently, being able to turn into a car allows you to solve mysteries. Sure. Uh, Of course. Because why, why the fuck not? I mean, anybody who can't turn into a car is just less likely to solve a mystery. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I can't what happens when he runs out of gas? Like, what? What? Where does the gas go when he turns back into a human? He would just eat food. So I go get the Tex Max. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> gotta yeah, keep up go. that Taco Bell fuel. <laughs> yeah. So I have to say, Joe, this fueled this, by burritos. This idea is legitimately amazing. Perfect. It's. Yes, I should it's, make it. It's super <laughs> funny on the surface, but the way you explain it and you turn it into a super legitimate, like, dead serious Chris, Christine type movie, like, um, yeah, that would totally fucking work. Right. I mean, right. If, it's, if, it's super if they good. can do it, if they can do it with the banana splits, why the fuck not? Why mm-hmm. the fuck not? Why the fuck not? Turbo Teen. <laughs> okay, uh, Parasite Steve, what's on your plates? I have a show that is, uh, uh, I'm definitely not the only person in the world who wants this. That is for sure. It's been talked about a lot. We have talked about, uh, about it on the show a lot. The show called Gargoyles from the late 90s. Yes, yes. Disney property. And uh, it may not be the most original pick, but I got to pick it. Because, yeah, pick man, it. we all need Gargoyles live action uh, if it's done right. And I, I will say this. Um, uh, this is this is going to be a little little surprising maybe, but so um, I just watched this movie with uh, Dr. Matteo and ended up ended up surprisingly really liking it. It's uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Now, okay. we watched the first one um, in the movie theater a few years ago when it came. It was actually quite a while ago. I think it was actually six years or something ago, mm-hmm. um, and I thought it was completely fine. Like I liked mm-hmm. some of the visuals. I thought the movie was like fine. Just it was there. I didn't hate it at all, but right. I didn't. I didn't love it. It was just there. Yeah. But I mean, Angelina Jolie is awesome in it, and she looks amazing, and you know, she's gorgeous with the everything, the horns, and everything. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. But the movie itself is meh. But so anyway, so this movie, I was like, I don't, I don't care about this movie. But it was on Disney Plus, and she wanted to watch it one day, and I'm like, sure, I'm happy to watch it. Whatever. Not excited, but I'm, ha- I'm happy to do it. I ended up really enjoying this whole movie. I really liked it. Okay. There's a lot of fun creatures in it, and there was it was it was flawed, but mm-hmm. like holy shit, the fucking the wings in this movie were my favorite character, and it's not mm-hmm. just her. They actually delve into, and she doesn't even know this, like what race she's from, because I thought that in the first movie, I'm like, but she's the only badass human-sized one with horns and wings, like. What the fuck is she? All the other fairy things are little stupid, like living mushroom shit and little small fairies that fit in teacups and just all that bullshit. And then there's like her. She's like the god to them. Like, what? why? Why? Why is she that? 
And uh, because in the original Snow White movie, she was the same size as the other three small fairies, the other three fairies. They were all like human size. And it's like, oh, well, she's just a bad one. I don't know. She just looks cooler. And, uh, and in this, in this, those three little fairies were like tiny. So they're not the same species, whatever. And in the second one, they actually delve into what she is and where she came from and all these people. There are so many different like people of her race by the end of the movie there's tons of them and oh my god all i could think of the entire time was all i want is gargoyles like this this proves that you can at least get the look correct they're very gargoyle like most of them have horns most of they all have big wings they're all different just like in gargoyles where like sometimes they the the tip of the wing had a had a clawed thumb sort of a hook thing. Sometimes they had a hand. Sometimes, you know, they looked different. They always tried to make the wings like unique to that character. And this just took that to the like nth degree. There were all these different tribes and they had all these cool like different wings. There were some that looked like parrot colors and like some were white and hers are obviously black, but I don't know. It really, really, really made me go, oh yeah, that's right. I still want a Gargoyles movie. And like, <laughs> honestly, looking at her, it's like, holy shit, she's almost Demona. I mean, she's got right. Demona didn't have horns, but it's like, damn, facially, she looks perfect. Um, but like, I, I, yeah, give me, give me some gargoyles. Treat it with, with respect. You know, yep. don't fucking make it all kid service. Realize that there should be some, you know, world, mytho- world mythology, but also history. Throw yep. in actual history. Make an actual war, not with some bullshit kingdom, but with Scotland. Mm. Make right. Scotland ground it in in real a you know, character. Real life. Yeah, like use real things, and most of the characters are going to be humans anyway, right? So you have right. these characters now. If they if they realized the characters the way they did in Maleficent, um, then they could just be actors with like makeup on their face and and wings. And they could obviously have a tail or whatever if they want to do something with the legs. But I think that compared to doing like a full CG creature would probably work better. Because honestly, they, I mean, yeah, they're human sized. So I don't know, maybe you play with that a little bit, but maybe just have them stand on a fucking box or wear stilts with, you know, leg extenders or something. Like they felt real in this movie to me. They did. They, all the characters with wings, they, they just felt real. And I, I was at all times, I couldn't shut up about how much I loved the wings. Like <laughs> Dr. Matteo was getting like tired of me talking. I'm like, but I love the wings, but the wings are the thing. The wings are the best thing ever. Like I fucking love the wings. Oh my God, the wings look so good. And she's like, I know you like the wings. Just shut up and watch a movie. oh that's awesome so the movie itself is i enjoyed it i'm not saying it's anything anything special but holy shit i was blown away by the special effects i loved them and i think that well like some of the the special effects with those creatures there are plenty of other ones that were full cg that looked terrible but Mm. like the the maleficent people oh my god i love them they were the fucking best so I would love, and you know, so obviously Jordan Peele has expressed in, interest in doing Gargoyles movie. We've talked about this for like a year and a half now at this point on the show, but uh, yeah. I don't know if that'll ever happen. But you know, it's cool that somebody's talking about it, and you know, right? Yeah, someday it's not forgotten done. at least. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. 
And I mean, if there would be any way humanly possible to get it done while Keith David can still fucking be Goliath, just right. make it fucking happen. I know, yeah, just fucking do it, it already. Or I'm if kidding. he's, I mean, or if he's a full CG creation, then you have to have him do the voice. Right. He's, yeah, he is, have, him, have him involved somehow. He is absolutely as crucial to that character as Peter Cullen is to... Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. I don't want. I don't care. I don't care about the rest of the cast. But one hundred percent. You need the dulcet, gravelly tones. Oh, Keith David. Yes, oh absolutely. my God. Fucking yes. do. He's just oh, perfect. Oh, can't separate sex, it. Which doesn't mm. sound that good, but oh, it but, is. But you it just is. think about it, and it, it still doesn't sound like good. Still doesn't sound like it, good. It's good. It's good. Once it hits your ear holes, you know oh, it takes yeah. stuff. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Q-tip made, yeah. made, oh. of, made out of rough chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Hmm. All right. Well, those were our answers, and now it's your turn, the Retroids, to tell us what you think about this week's Octoponder, this question, which is, what cartoon would you like to see made into an R-rated movie? And if you want to chat about the show or anything retro, you can always reach us on our popular Facebook group or on Twitter at Redoctopus. Or you can always reach us at Redoctopus at gmail.com. And that said, it's almost time to catch that horizon. But before we say goodbye, let's go to this. You've got the bleeps, you've got the creeps, and you might even have the sweeps. But if you don't got the time, then they ain't worth the dime. This is the 8-Bit Minute. Hello, bits and bites of all ages, shapes, and sizes. I am 8-Bit Alchemy, here presenting another episode of the 8-Bit Minute, a segment that I bet all of you thought was dead this year, because so did I. But turns out that there's a decent reason to talk more 8-Bit crap into your ears, and uh, and so I am going to take that, I'm going to take that and run with it. So... I want to talk today a little bit about the music of the original Nintendo, but specifically the music from games made by Konami. So I'm talking about Castlevania, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, those types of games, they tended to have uh, a different sound. They had a different, you know, quality of instrumentation. And um, they, you know... There's something to be said for the the drums and the instrumentation and things that are that are in these um, these songs from these games, but the reason why I want to talk about them is because I recently was able to do a commission for one of our friends for the uh, Tales from the Sewer Epic Tales from the Sewer podcast, which is a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles themed podcast by our friends Justin and Andrew. Um, and so they are affiliated with Amalgamania. And so for this theme song, um, you know, uh, Justin has done a couple of episodes or a handful of episodes and hasn't, you know, had this theme. I, I was dragging my butt on this. I finally was able to figure out what I needed to do to make him a song that kind of sounded like it came from the Ninja Turtles. And, you know, so my typical stuff just usually uses the normal four channels of audio or five channels of audio that you have uh, with the original NES. Uh, but Konami music sounds different because they use a completely different sound chip. Um, so the Konami sound chip actually has a couple of extra channels that are in it. Um, and the Konami chip is it's 
it really does allow the songs to sound better because you are able to have additional channels that do the pulse instrument and one uh, one additional channel that does a saw instrument. And so these kind of just add like an extra, you know, layer, extra breadth of sound. You know, you can have so many more instruments going at the same time, but they also just sound different they they just have a different quality um so these things combined with uh certain nes games would use actual drum samples um i i mentioned in a very old episode that one of the channels in uh in the original nes was called the noise channel and it kind of just makes like a static pop or a static beat that you can you know truncate and use to make like a drum sort of sound but um what konami would do is they would take actual samples of drum hits and they would use that on a special channel called the dpcm channel and you would get much more cleaner crisp sounding drum hits in your songs so uh you know this was this was all part of the learning process in how to create this uh you know this this konami sounding piece for justin um and uh and so that was all very interesting and they there, there's also some very key pieces of the the formula that kind of come out uh when you start to think about ninja turtles music you know you're kind of always going for the like some some form of that riff has to be in there somewhere uh and then there also is this very iconic like hey sound effect that you know it just it comes up and is used in you know variety of different songs and uh and so i was able to find um these sound effects and use these sound effects when i was making this and uh, i had a ton of fun with it i was super super pleased uh that justin you know wanted uh, a, a custom piece for this and that it was a, a reason for me to kind of uh you know step outside of my comfort zone and and become familiar with how konami did things back in the day and obviously there are tons of different ways that different companies used uh you know the nintendo and in ways to make different sounding instruments and things like that but you know i think it's it's one of those things that you sort of just remember a game having good music but turns out that oftentimes there was actually different hardware behind it um that was actually helping drive that better sound so um yeah i mean that's that's kind of all i really wanted to say i just wanted to you know go through that a little bit briefly and uh yeah just bend your bend your ear for an 8-bit minute so that's that's what i got and be sure to check out Epic Tales from the Sewers on anywhere that podcasts are found, including their home platform, Anchor, where you're able to actually separate your podcast out into a bunch of smaller segments, and you can listen to whatever parts are appealing to you and skip whatever parts aren't. Um, so there's some great people over there, so definitely give them a check out and listen to the theme song I made for them. You might like it. Who knows? All right. Awesome. Well, does anyone have anything they want to promote or pitch? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, as per usual, I will promote my YouTube channel, which is Nintendo 25. I do lots of unboxing videos and uh, some vlogging here and there and some pickup videos and, you know, try to be goofy as all hell, you know, because yeah. why so just not? be yourself, basically. Have exactly. a good time. Be yourself. Have a good yeah. time. Nice. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, uh, you and Eight Bit Glitch Seventy Nine just did some fun, uh, some fun videos. That was we pretty did. cool. We did, yeah. That, yeah. that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys definitely should uh, should do more episodes together. Yeah, we're, yeah, actually, we're actually talking about that today. It's like 
So I, I told him like everyone on in his video, they're saying like, this is like the best video ever, and you guys need to do more together. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh wow, that's actually pretty awesome. And, and I already gave awesome. you the name of the show. I already gave it to you. That, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Perfect, perfect title. There is, there can be no more perfect type title <laughs> for two dudes that are pretending to be to have crushes on each other and like old Nintendo games. The name of the show has to be Inutendo. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is a great name. I do love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he liked that too. I, I told him. Oh, that. I was like, he's like, nice. oh, yeah, that's that's really good. Make it. So. You know, I'll make, make it. it so. you, you know, I will make the logo for free. Yes. You know, I'll make the t-shirts. <laughs> we'll make the flamethrower. <laughs> and Nintendo, but, 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 but Nintendo oh. and Eight uh, Bit Glitch are going to make the magic. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Let me show you my mans. My opposable, my opposable mans. mans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, opposable oh. mans would also work. <laughs> my opposable mans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have uh, uh, oh, anyone we else got anything they get they want to promote? Well, you know, I uh, I guess I'll I'll say this. I haven't mentioned it on the show before, but um, I do actually have a, a new book coming out, and uh, it's it's not going to be out for a, a few more months. But we're just uh, we're calling it winter. Things got a little screwy because of um, COVID and all that stuff. But we are working really hard, and it is going to be my third novel. It's, uh, it's going to be like a dark fantasy sort of deal, like Witcher meets Game of Thrones, kind of an idea to put, your, put you in the headspace. Different than my other, uh, my other stuff, my Vampires in Africa sort of stuff. This is a totally separate universe, but it is, uh, is going to be a novel. It's going to be put out by Rough House Publishing. So we have released a couple of teasers for it, which is really, really cool. I'm very excited about those. Um, artwork is done by my buddy, Renee Einier. And he is the same guy who did both covers for Enchanted Exile. We just love yes. this guy. He's this awesome, awesome mm, artist. Absolutely from, awesome, uh, dude. From yeah, Munich. Sure. Really good dude. And uh, very excited to get to work with him. He actually was not originally going to be on the project. And then the the other sort of situation kind of fell through. And I was like, oh, hey, well, how about this guy? And we ended up, uh, ended up hiring him. So he, uh, he, did, he did a bunch of artwork for this project. So we haven't even released the cover yet. We've released uh, some, some cool images, though. Please check out roughhousepublishing.com. You'll see some really cool stuff. And the name of the book is The Mark of the Witch Worm. And uh, yeah, actually, no, the just Mark of the Witch Worm. I, I always say it wrong. It's my own name. I don't know what I do that, but yeah. maybe I'll get better as the marketing uh, as the marketing progresses. We'll see if I can get the, the name. marketing of the witch worm. But uh, yeah, right, yeah. Right. good stuff. So check check that shit out and keep your eyes open if uh, if that's your uh, if that's your kind of wheelhouse. If you like The Witcher and you like um, Game of Thrones and basically fantasy that's sort of you know low cast fantasy, basically down and dirty, you know not wizards throwing magic missiles sort of fantasy no elves and dwarves you know but there's monsters there be monsters oh yes hmm. nice so all uh, right uh, cool yeah. cool yes. uh, so eight bit alchemy anything you like to push out there for the listening uh, audience so i mean i i don't have anything that you can that you can write now here but um there is a new theme song for the epic the Epic Tales uh, branch of Ninja Turtles show, which is, I think, called Epic 
shells or epic, epic shells. tales from the sewer i think uh and so uh that is gonna be that's a show that actually already has some episodes out there uh but i recently finished doing a theme song for them and it came out pretty cool yeah so check them out if you like tmnt go check out epic tales from the sewers and uh and maybe hear hear a little thing that i did yeah, yeah. absolutely cool. totally cool yeah and I'm, totally a talentless, right. I, I'm a talentless piece of crap, so I've got nothing to promote myself. So I'm gonna instead of gonna like pitch a, a podcast we've had the pleasure of crossing paths was pads with recently, Mushmouth Mode in effect here. <laughs> and actually, uh, you heard them last week. Uh, they are Encounters with Darkness. Ashley and Melissa are pretty rad ladies, as you've heard if you've heard last week's episode, and you should have. Definitely. Pointing at all of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, well, they do ghost hunting. Uh, they do the, the video portion on YouTube where you, they actually kind of take you along uh, the, the visual aspect of the hunt. And then they have the, your, uh, the audio portion, which you can have you know, here on Spotify or basically whatever audio podcast app you like to use. And you can hear more about the, the history and the lore of the, the site they went to, to check out. Very, very cool show. I, I dig it a lot, and I think you will too. So go check out yeah. Encounters with Darkness. Awesome. Yeah, we we got to yes. get a proper promo from those ladies, and we'll play it. We we should absolutely. actually. Yeah, we, we should definitely. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely hit them up to see if they can do that yeah, for us. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, well, uh, that about wraps up the episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all things that made growing up awesome. If you like what you heard, please hit that little subscribe button, like us on Facebook and Twitter. As well as being full-fledged members of the Dorkening, Retro Reductibus is still part of the Inebriar Podcast Network. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like the old colony cast, Bar Talk. Not Bar Talk like the cute cat from that animated movie, Bar Talk. And of course, Inebriarts as Andy and Fish chat with local artists over a couple of cold ones more information or to subscribe to us or any of these other great shows please visit inebri-art.com i have been your host boss rush mode and i shall say farewell until the next